Happy Easter and welcome to Heritage. My name's Glenn. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so pleased that you have chosen to join us uh, this Easter Sunday morning. Wow, what, what a day as we celebrate the resurrection, the risen Christ. He is alive. Now, I don't know about you, but I sure missed our sunrise service this morning. It, it would have been a beautiful, warm day. Well, semi-warm, you know how that is, at 6.30. And, man, I missed the breakfast. The bacon and the eggs and potatoes and French toast and coffee, the, the whole deal. I'm sorry, I don't want to make you hungry. But, uh, boy, I missed that. You know, we're also planning to do some baptisms this morning, Easter Sunday. We did that a year ago, and wow, what a special thing. But that's just going to have to wait. This is certainly not what I expected Easter Sunday morning to be, and I'm sure it's not what you expected either. Um, talk about a change of expectations for all of us. I mean, this last month has been something else, hasn't it? Um, think about it. Social distancing. We never heard about that. We heard of social media, but not social distancing. Uh, washing your hands till they're as dry as desert sand. Uh, hey, by the way, I hope that this is not the first time in your life that you have regularly been told to wash your hands. Uh, I hope that continues on. But hand sanitizer, wow. I mean, that guy who had, what, 18,000 bottles. Who would ever have thought? Uh, disinfecting everything. Face masks everywhere. I think that's probably going to be the new fashion statement. Uh, and, and then the stay-at-home order. You know, I, it's almost like back in high school when I would be grounded, can't go anywhere or do anything, a little feeling like that. And gas prices, $2 a gallon. Wow, I never thought we'd see $2 a gallon again. But expectations have changed. And I'm guessing that you also have a list of changed expectations that you could bring up. I mean, just a few days ago, uh, our governor here in Pennsylvania announced that our schools are now over, done, completed for the rest of the year. And everybody's just going to have to finish at home, online, in whatever way they're able to do that. Totally changes expectations. I mean, think of our seniors. There's no year-end school festivities no saying goodbye in the halls or the locker room or wherever it may be. No high school graduation. Oh, man, that's, that's disappointing. I get it. Just like college students who most of all have found out as well that there'll be no college graduation. Disappointed expectations. I mean, who would have thought? So what do we do? What do we do when our expectations for this life come to a grinding halt? When our expectations come crashing down around us? 
when our earthly expectations end in disappointment, frustration, distress, and even failure. Well, the good news is we're not the first to face changed expectations. Remember the first Easter in Jerusalem? Open your Bibles with me this morning, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to focus in on verses 12 to 20 this morning. Think back to the first Good Friday. Now, we just remembered Good Friday this past Friday evening and talked about, read through Scripture about what happened. But think about it. That first Good Friday when Jesus was crucified. Talk about changed expectations. How do you think the disciples felt that Friday night? Wow. They had to be crushed, defeated, devastated, hopeless. I mean, probably lifted their hands. It's over. How do you think their expectations changed on Sunday morning? The tomb was empty. We sung about that this morning. We've been talking about that. We're rejoicing that the tomb was empty. But think about the disciples. Think about the followers of Jesus. It's not what they were expecting. The women were the first ones on the scene at the tomb. They were there with their spices to what? To serve a body, the body of Jesus Christ, not an empty tomb. Well, the disciples, they weren't even there. If they had known that Jesus would be risen, I guarantee you, if they'd have thought about it, they would have been there at the tomb to see what happened. But Jesus was and is alive. Oh, happy day. I could sing that song for you this morning. Oh, happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away because of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Jesus changed the expectations of those early believers. He changed uh, all of what they had thought. The resurrection changed their expectations. In fact, the resurrection changed everything. Every follower of Jesus, because of the resurrection, now has a new expectation. Jesus has given us heavenly expectations and what do we do when our earthly expectations fail when they're crushed when they fall apart we grab hold of God's expectations God's promises the hope that never disappoints never frustrates never fails This morning, I want you to grasp one of God's heavenly expectations. It's the expectation that each follower of Jesus has because of the resurrection. Paul writes uh, this section, these verses, verses 12 to 34. We'll focus in on 12 to 20. But he writes these verses in response to some of those in the church at Corinth who were saying 
There is no resurrection of the dead. So let's walk through these verses together this morning and, and just see what's there. So verse 12. Verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Well, it was preached. The, Paul had been preaching. The disciples knew that, that Jesus had risen from the dead. And Paul had just built the case in verses 1 through 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Christ did rise bodily from the grave. So how can some of you say, Paul is saying, that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, he's not talking about Jesus' resurrection. When he uses the phrase resurrection of the dead, he's talking about individuals as believers who die before the rapture. And, and that he's talking about them when they die, that they will also rise from the dead. Life after death for those who believe, for those who have gone on to heaven before the rapture, just like Jesus, who rose from the dead, those who know Jesus and die will rise from the dead one day. Now, Paul builds a case for the bodily resurrection from the dead of all believers. And for those living will one day, if they die, rise from the dead. Now, verse 13, if there is no resurrection of the dead. Now, that's what he's talking about for believers. If individual believers do not also rise from the dead, he says there, then not even Christ has been raised. Now again, Paul just talked about just the bodily resurrection of Jesus with the witnesses that all saw this to be true. You see, the believer's resurrection is dependent on Christ's resurrection. But if there's no resurrection for those who know Jesus, then Christ did not rise from the dead. That's what Paul is saying. Verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, well, if he's not been raised, we got a problem. Our preaching is useless. Number one, Paul says, we're wasting our time proclaiming the gospel. Number two, so is your faith. He says, our faith is useless if Christ has not risen from the dead. There's nothing to believe in. There, there's no reason. There's no need to have faith if Christ did not rise from the dead. More than that, verse 15, Paul says, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. In other words, we're dishonest people. We've lied about God. Because all along, Paul says, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. That has been our message since that first Easter Sunday morning because God did raise Christ. But if, in fact, he's not raised and if there's no resurrection of the dead, we've lied about what God did. Down again in verse 16. But he, God, did not raise him, Christ, his son, 
if in fact the dead are not raised. He, he says it again. He wants to get that point across. Again, verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. If the dead, the believers who have died, are not going to be resurrected, then it must follow that Christ was not resurrected. And if Christ has not been raised, and again, two more problems. First of all, your faith is futile, worthless, of no significance whatsoever. Secondly, he says, you are still in your sins. Those who there are alive, who have believed in Jesus Christ, are still in your sins. He's saying, you're dead in your sins. Under God's wrath, you are lost. We've talked about that for the last couple of weeks, what it means to be lost on your way to hell, forever separated from God, if Christ has not risen from the grave. Verse 17, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Now that's hopeless. Uh, I, what do I say when I'm doing a funeral message for someone who has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is following Christ and they die? What do we now say for Jesus followers at their funerals? They've died. There's no hope. If Christ hasn't resurrected from the dead, there's no hope of that individual believer rising from the dead. Those who came to know God by faith in Jesus Christ, believers, Jesus followers, who have lived their lives with a hope for the future, for life after death, they're lost forever. I mean, I'm talking about maybe your parents or loved ones. My mom and dad have died. They're no longer on this earth. But I know they're in heaven. But if Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead, they're not. They're gone. I'll never see him again. No hope whatsoever for all who knew Jesus. Eternally separated from God and lost forever. Verse 19. Pretty, pretty sad picture here Paul is painting if. Jesus did not rise from the dead. But verse 19, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If we have no heavenly expectations, no hope for life after death, we're simply stuck in the grave. It's a pity. That's misery. We're of all people most to be pitied, Paul says. Anticipation is part of hope. It's, it's like Christmas. Man, we don't have kids in the home anymore, but grandkids. But even before that, the month leading up to it, I mean, like right after Thanksgiving, we're, we're excited the tree is up and we're anticipating our, our, all that we're doing here at the church to get ready for Christmas and to celebrate the birth of Christ and, and the decorations and there's, a, there's life in the air. 
But if we don't have that, if there's no birth of Christ, there's, there's no anticipation, there's no joy for, for life on this earth, there's no expectation. It's the same way if Christ didn't rise from the dead, we have no hope of eternal life after we die. There's nothing to look forward to, nothing on the other side of the grave. There's no future. You know, it's kind of like we're all looking forward to this coronavirus to be over with, aren't we? I mean, the cabin fever is setting in. My wife and I have been walking up and down the street and just to get some exercise, and people are out in the yard, and, and we wave, of course, keep our distance, but talk and see what's going on. But everybody, you can feel it is ready. They're expecting this to be over one of these days. That's the hope, the expectation. But if that's all we have is life on this earth, if we've given up the pleasures and comforts of this life, Paul says, living only for the moment, Paul's saying, if I've endured persecution, for what? An empty promise, no future? Then he says, I've wasted my life. We might say, think about it this way, uh, given a lot of money over the years, and I'm sure you have as well, to God and to his work to keep his work going, to keep those who are sharing the gospel around the world as our mission team to serve. But if there's no resurrection, all that money is wasted. We've got nothing for our lives. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15 and verses 30, 31, and 32. And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts, and he's probably speaking metaphorically here in Ephesus because we have no record of that. He says, if I fought wild beast people that were out to get him in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. If the dead are not raised, then Christ is not raised. It's eat, drink, and be merry. That's what Paul says. There's nothing more to this life. Verse 20. But, look at that. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Whoa! Hallelujah! Huh? I can't hear you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Man, that ought to make you rise up out of your chair right there in your home and yell, Hallelujah, he's risen. He's indeed been raised from the dead. Man, that's phenomenal. Um, Christ is alive. And that means, that means uh, our heavenly Father is one day coming back for us. And our heavenly expectation is that we will rise. I think I've got it here. Our heavenly expectation. We who know God by faith in Jesus Christ will also, like Jesus, rise again. Man, there is life after death. That is our heavenly expectation. That we who know God by faith will 
rise again. So what does this mean for you and me who know Jesus? Well, Paul says in verse 19, if only for this life we have hope in Christ. In other words, there should be hope in this life. Not just this life, but there are hopes that we have. We have life here that ought to mean something. And in light of this heavenly expectation, what should our earthly expectation be? What should this life look for as we anticipate the future? What do we need to do? It's real simple. We need to get serious about eternity. We need to live our lives right now in this life knowing that we will one day be with God forever in eternity. You know, when a person comes to know God by faith in Jesus Christ, God gives new expectations. In fact, our old expectations are gone. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5 that, that we're new creatures and old things are passed away. This is part of the old. No more old expectations. When we come to know Jesus, he gives us, and I'm going to use the buzzword of the day, unprecedented expectations, right? The resurrection was unprecedented. And our resurrected living Lord has given us unprecedented expectations for life now and in the future. But we sometimes miss those future or the, the current expectations because we're too caught up in the earthly expectations. You see, there's a God-shaped vacuum in every human heart that only He can fill. There'll be many counterfeit options. Opportunities to fill that vacuum with money, power, popularity, social status, sex, stuff, and all kinds of earthly pleasures, but they'll never satisfy. They'll always leave you wanting more. It's only the risen Christ the one and only Son of God who predicted that He would die and rise again and then did it. It is only Jesus who can fill the emptiness in the lives of those who don't know Him. We must get serious. You must get serious about eternity. How do you do that? And we give you a verse. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 4. Paul says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Look at it. Set your hearts, your affections, your loves. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And he repeats it again with a little different. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's what, that's how we get serious about eternity. We focus our attention, our effort, our energy, our, our hearts, our minds on things above, not on the things of this earth. 
couple of days ago, my time alone with the Lord in the morning, I was reading at a new morning of mercies and came across this quote by Paul David Tripp. He said this, faith is a deep-seated belief in the existence of God that radically alters the way you live your life. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, it ought to radically alter the way we live our life. So let me ask you as we wrap this up this morning, how are you living your life now in view of the coming eternity? How seriously are you taking eternity by the way you live your life now? Imagine. Imagine what might happen if we who know Jesus, the risen Jesus, the living God, if we who know the resurrected Jesus Christ got serious about eternity. I'm telling you what, whenever we're gathered back together again, this place, there wouldn't be enough chairs to hold everybody. We must recognize the need to live radically now because we will one day be in eternity with our God. I just read yesterday, one in four Americans today are unemployed. Business owners have lost, many have lost their companies. Over half a million people have now contracted COVID-19. Many are struggling with depression and loneliness. Jesus alone is our hope. Only Jesus has the answer for America right now. We know Jesus. If you've trusted Christ, you know the resurrected Jesus. His desire is to use us to share the hope of eternity. You see, the things on this earth will be gone. They won't last forever. For those who don't know Jesus, that's all they have. For those of us who do know Jesus, we have hope beyond what this earth has to offer. We need to share the gospel message, the message of a risen Jesus with those all around us, every chance we get. Came across this song, and with this I'll close, I know sometimes it's hard when you just hear the words of a song. I heard it yesterday for the first time and listened two or three times because the, the message just gripped my heart. So I hope you'll get this. It's a song called Nothing Else, and it reads, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you can do, I just want you. 
I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Oh, if you know the risen Jesus this morning, there's nothing else we need in the midst of this hopelessness all around us. We have Jesus. I'd encourage you who know Jesus to share that message with those who don't because there's nothing else worth having. Oh God, thank you for Jesus. Father, thank you that he's all that we need. Thank you that he rose from the dead. That he's given us hope. That he's given us a guarantee that we will, if we die on this earth, that we will rise again. And those who are still here when Jesus comes again will rise to meet him in the air. Oh, God, we have that hope. I pray that you would just wrap us up in your arms and remind us of that hope that we have in Christ and help us to share it every chance we get with our one and with those who don't know Jesus all around us. Thank you, Father, for this great Easter Sunday that we celebrate a risen, living Savior, Jesus Christ, for it's in his name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us, and I trust that you will have a great day remembering the risen Jesus. Amen.